I'm Dave Potts in the Asher Strategy Studio in Washington, D.C. The title of the show is Building Sales Pipeline with Cold Calling, Podcasts, and Video. Our host today is John Asher, CEO and founder of Asher Strategies. John's guest is Colin Mitchell, Chief Revenue Officer of SalesCast, the only fully managed tech and service stack offering and end-to-end thought leadership platform. Over to you, John. Colin, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. And you certainly have an impressive uh, couple of titles there. And you also have a great reputation. So I've done a little research that can tell you you have this great reputation. And I know one of your areas that you like to focus is helping to build pipeline, principally for B2B companies selling business to business. And some of those ways I know you use are just the phone. Um, and you've got a very sophisticated cold calling process using podcasts to drive business and pipeline. And also everybody kind of knows this now, dry, using video. And that's really come to the forefront as we've had this kind of lack of face-to-face. But there's also other, other areas, LinkedIn, social media. So could you start off by telling the audience, what's the big picture on building pipeline from your standpoint and experience? Yeah, yeah. Great question. So I love talking about this topic. So any top of funnel building pipeline uh, gets me excited, always has. And a lot of it really has to come down initially with your targeting, right? A lot of times really knowing, knowing who you serve well is going to help you tremendously because a lot of companies, especially early on, make this mistake. and, And I learned this through firsthand experience of thinking you can help everybody, right? right? So the more laser focused you can get on who your ideal customer profile is, then you know it's going to become easier to build pipeline, regardless of what channel you're using or if you're using them all together, uh, which is my preference. But targeting the right people that you can solve a problem from is really the number one thing that you need to focus on first before you go into any of those channels, whether you're using the phone, whether you're using LinkedIn, video, podcasting, you name it, making sure you're targeting the right people first is the priority. Yes. You know, I'm working with a um, new client out on the West Coast and been working with him for about a year and on how to book more meetings basically and be successful in the meetings. And they hired a different company, uh, a marketing company to do a persona analysis that is come up with exactly who the customers are for them, the right ones and really build that persona. And boy, they just did an A-plus job of doing that, I have to say. And so that's really got the company off to a great start, just understanding the profile of the typical buyers that would buy their products and services and processes, of course. So totally agree with that. Yeah, I mean, the technology these days is pretty crazy of how you can get very targeted on who uh, you, you you need to be speaking with. And it can be challenging when you're first getting started because you kind of just got to test a lot of things until you really figure that out. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. You know, there is a, um, I'm not too sure how new this technology is, but you can now buy, when you're thinking about buying customers or customer data, you can now buy what's called intent data. That is buyers who have a current intent. So it's not only the buyers who have the right persona for you, but the buyers who have the current intent to buy. And of course, that's an analysis of 
what websites have they been looking at and when have they been looking at them? And so not only now can you um, see what the right persona is, see that list of the, I'll make a number up, 200 buyers in your area that would be interested in what you sell, but now also you've got this intent data, and that is of the 200, 17 of them right now are looking for solutions that you offer. So that's a great new source to work with a persona. Yeah, it's uh, it can be helpful because there's only a small percentage of people that are actually like in market buying whatever it is you're selling right now. Yep. Um, so be, to be able to know who those people are is a big help, right? And then knowing how to reach out to those people. Do we call them? Do we reach them on social? Do we send them an email? Do we do all of those things? You know, personally in-house, when we build our lead list or our, you know, customer data that we're going to, you know, start to target, they go through a pretty rigorous process uh, with a vendor that we use. And we can, you know, we have different methods of reaching out. We use LinkedIn, we use video, we use the phone, uh, we use email. And there's some people that are more likely to actually pick up the phone. It's, I think it's, there's some people who they just really don't pick up the phone, no matter how, how much you call them, they're just very unlikely to answer. And there's others that are more likely to pick up the phone. So they go through a process that helps identify, like, are there some, are they somebody who's most likely to pick up the phone? And if that's the case, then we're mainly going to prospect them through using the phone. Um, or we can look at, you know, how active they are on LinkedIn. So if they have a higher score of being active on LinkedIn, then we're going to have more touches in our outreach process that might be, you know, engaging with their content, you know, sending them a video, sending them a message, things like that. And then email kind of serves in, in all different types of outreach that we do really just to warm up the other channels in a lot of cases. Yes. And you know, it's kind of funny. I get a lot of cold calls and most of them you can kind of tell are B2C calls trying to get me to buy a replacement windows for my condo. And, you know, that's kind of useless because the building replaces the windows, not the people who own the own the units. But every now and then I'll get one from a B2B salesperson and I try to answer as many as I can. And the reason I do is I want to learn their techniques and I want to see how well they can respond to different types of buyers. Not that I'm ever going to be a total jerk, but you can be a difficult or a very easy buyer. So it's always useful, not in my opinion, to take some of those calls just to learn what's going on. Yeah, just to see what uh, techniques people are using. Maybe even give them a few tips. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hey, maybe to be a sales training client, right? Maybe they need it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You know, I use the phone a lot to to book meetings and build pipeline with my team, uh, but I personally don't pick up the phone very often. So if someone was trying to prospect on me, calling me on the phone would be the least effective method. Right. So you mentioned you use an outsourced company to do this kind of multi-channel. Uh, I guess it's called multi-channel prospecting, really. Well, we use a company to put the data together, right? So oh, in our business, okay. right, we're targeting directors of marketing, VPs of marketing, and CMOs in a lot of cases. And so they'll take that sort of target market that we're looking to get into in these specific industries that we play really well in, and they'll put that data through a process to say, hey, here's you know 20% of these people are, are likely to pick up the phone. So we're going to have a sequence, we're going to have an outreach process where there's going to be heavy phone calls, then, you know, maybe 30 or 40% of it is really active on social media. So we're going to have more social touches in our outreach. And then there's some that are just questionable, not that active on social, not quite sure if they're going to pick up the phone with those. We have more of just a blended approach. Right. So when you say blended, it's, I'm assuming it's mainly 
using the phone, social media, LinkedIn, and email. But there is a place for podcasts and also for videos, aren't there, to build build pipe? Yeah, absolutely. So I love that you brought that up. I'm, I'm a big component of using video. I've also done ran some experiments just for fun. You know, there's a lot of people, a lot of sales gurus that will tell you never use video in the first touch point. And I sort of wanted to just have my own experience, right? And there's a lot of people that say there's a lot of do's and don'ts and there's a lot of hard lines on do this or don't do that. And what I like to tell sellers is you really need to have your own experience, right? They don't know who you're targeting. They don't know what problems you solve. You know, things work differently and more effectively in different industries or different people with different titles or companies with different sizes. Like you as a seller in your role or as a leader leading your team need to kind of test and experiment and have your own experience and not just listen to, you know, everybody that's a talking head about what they say you should or shouldn't do. And so I ran a little experiment and it was right when one of my favorite video products that we use, Vidyard, had rolled out their integration with LinkedIn, right? So they had, they had now had an integration where you go into your LinkedIn message box and there's a little icon there and you click it and you can shoot people a video. And so what we did is for four weeks straight, and this is another thing that a lot of people say, never send a connection request on LinkedIn without a personalized message. And so what we did is we did exactly what people said you shouldn't do. We didn't send a personalized message in the connection. We just sent blank connection requests. And then we sent a video in the first touch. And we did that for four weeks and we maxed out our invites every week. You can send a hundred per person can send a hundred invites a week. So every week we sent a hundred, we'd send no personal message. And then we'd send a video in the first touch, 30 second video offering something of value to them that was educational, that would require them to set up a call. So we could talk about it, not trying to sell them anything, allowing them to raise their hand and say, Hey, I'm interested. I'd like to chat. I'm not sending them a calendar link, all these things that people tend to do for whatever reason. I don't know why, because it doesn't work. And so what happened is when we did that for four weeks, 55% of the connection requests that we sent accepted. And we booked about three to five meetings per day using that method. Okay. And then for the following four weeks, we did what everybody says, sent a personalized message in the connection request, which we did. And then we sent video on the second touch. And we got a slight lift in the connection acceptance, like 65%. So 10% more you know, accepted our connection request, but we booked less than half as many meetings. So we're booking like one meeting a day as opposed to like three to five in some cases. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. One and a half meetings per day was the average when we were averaging between three to five with the previous method. So it was a lot of fun. We booked a lot of meetings. We learned a lot, but here's the interesting thing is one of the reps on my team, what was working for me didn't work for him. You know, I have a much more optimized profile. I put way more original content out. So it was much easier for me to get people to accept without that personalized message. And for him, it didn't work. So we had to kind of tweak it a little bit. We did come up with a personalized message and he was able to see the same results with tweaking it. So every individual is different. What your profile looks like, how much original content you're putting out, who you're reaching out to, what your title is, what their title is. All of these variables matter. Now, when you said 55% of them, is that right? These are 55% of the prospects that you sent the video to through the the, uh, Vidyard plugin to LinkedIn. Yep. 55% of them connected. Is that, were they cold? Yeah, they're all totally cold. So we never reached out to them before in any capacity. And when we did not send a message in the invite, blank, 55% accepted. So slightly lower than sending a message. However, 
as soon as they would connect, we would send them a video. That was the first experience of us saying anything to them was them receiving a 30 second video offering value. And we were able to book three to five meetings a day on average doing that. And then when we switched to sending a message, it was a slightly higher acceptance. So 65% you know, accepted the connection request, but we didn't book as many meetings when the video was the second thing that they got from us, which was followed up from the original message in the connection request. Still, John, John, excuse me, it's time to take a quick commercial break. Over 200 correlation studies show that natural aptitude is the most significant factor in predicting sales success. Asher's Advanced Personality Questionnaire, the APQ, consistently identifies peak performers in outside sales, inside sales, sales management, customer support, and 17 other business positions. Go to asherstrategies.com today or call 866-833-9941. That's Asher Strategies at 866-833-9941. We've been speaking with Colin Mitchell about building sales pipeline with cold calling, podcasts, and video. Now back to John and Colin. So very interesting, um, Colin. And I can give you one insight that you may find useful about why video works so well. So by education, I'm a physicist. By training, I'm an engineer. But you know, I couldn't do real work. I hated real work. So I have lots of friends here in DC who'll say, you know, if you can't do real work, get into sales. <laughs> so I've essentially been a sales guy for 30 plus years. And if you go back to physics and optics, the comprehension rate of our brain for video is 2000 times faster than reading words. That is just a stupendous amount of difference, right? 2000 times comprehension rate of the, the watcher of the video, watcher and listener is 2000 times higher than if it's just words. That really explains why video has taken over the whole world, really. And explains why Google, a very smart company, you know, bought, bought YouTube 15 years ago. That's how smart they were. <laughs> And now it's like YouTube is like 40% of Google's cash flow, which is amazing. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. That's why, I mean, I know we're talking about building pipeline, but I'm a fan of my team using video at all stages of the sales process, right? So yeah. when you would normally send a big long email with too much information that nobody wants to read as an email, type that up. That's a script for your video. You send exactly. a proposal and you want to break down some of the terms or you want to go over what the deliverables are, put that in a video. You know, anything where you're explaining something to somebody, then may have to then explain it to a committee of buyers. You put right. that in a video that they can share with everybody rather than relying on them to hopefully remember what you typed in the email and put it into their own words and help you win that deal. Good luck. Yeah, that's excellent. So let's shift subjects a bit. We talked about the importance of video and how about podcasts? How can you use them to drive uh, revenue and pipe? Great question. My favorite topic. So there's really, there's three ways. All right. So let's start with the simplest one. Okay. The simplest way you could use podcasting to build pipeline. Let's say, there's certain prospects that you're looking to get open doors with, get conversations going with, uh, maybe book a meeting, get on a call. You're looking for some creative ways to reach out to them. Well, you can go search out and see what podcasts they've been on. And you can listen to those podcasts. You can even put it at 2x speed. 
maybe even read the transcripts if that's available. But you can get some really insightful information of, you know, maybe what they care about most. You might even be able to learn some, some personal things about them, things that really light them up that they're passionate about. You can find some really interesting stuff for whatever reason in the podcast you know, context. A lot of times people get pretty personal and tell things about them that you'd never learn anywhere else. So a podcast can be a great resource. If there's a, you know, a C-suite executive that you're trying to get their attention, go check out some of the shows that they've been on and use that as a way to sort of stand out and catch their attention to get a conversation going. So that's the easiest way. Uh, it's also one that people don't talk about that much, but there's a really simple website that you can use. It's listennotes.com. You can pretty much search anybody who's been on a podcast and find what shows they've been on and listen to them right there on that platform. That's one easy way that sellers can use podcasting to, to build pipeline. Let and me then, just make sure the listeners heard that right. Yeah. Is it all one word, listennotes.com? Yep. Listennotes.com. Got it. You know, you can search somebody's name on there by episode and see what shows they've been on and then listen to them right there on the platform. Take some notes, learn some things, reach out to them in a way that most people aren't. So the second thing you can do is you can guest on shows. Maybe starting a show seems a little too overwhelming. You don't know where to start. Um, I would recommend guesting on some shows. So, you know, find out, you know, who, who is it that needs to hear what you have to say? Figure out what type of shows they listen to and go provide, you know, some education and entertainment on those shows. And you can reach out to those guests in a meaningful way. You know, if you're going to reach out to those shows, we've done master classes on teaching people how to do this, but it's a you know simple formula. Find those shows, build the list, reach out to them five to eight times before they say yes. Maybe use video in your outreach. Highly recommend using video. Write them a review on the podcast if you took the time to listen to it. Actually listen to the podcast so you can say, you know, I enjoyed this particular episode with, with John and where you talked about this. Here's some topics that I could talk about. Do you think your listeners would benefit from that? So the biggest problem when people try to get themselves booked on podcasts is they make it all about them. And it's very similar to the seller that pitches features and benefits and throws up in your LinkedIn DM, you know, inbox, right? right. Um, but if you, there's two things podcasters care about most, reviews on their show and providing value to their listeners. And so if you can touch on those two things, you're going to have a pretty good success rate. And then the key there is to have a really good call to action. You know, a lot of podcasts end something like, you know, hey, John, thanks so much for coming on my show. How can people reach out to you? And then they give them too many options. You know, they tell them, Hey, I talk about, you know, fantasy football on Twitter. Here's my side hustle website. Here's my company website. Here's my LinkedIn. And you know, they get zero ROI because they just overwhelmed the listener. Come up with one simple, really good, strong call to action for the, at the end of each show. And that's kind of a recipe that works for that. And then last but not least, and my personal favorite is starting your own show. I mean, sellers today need to be marketers. They need to be active on social. They need to be creating original content. They need to be building relationships with people. And a podcast solves a lot of those things. Podcast allows you to get access to people that would be a lot harder to otherwise. I mean, we talked about using the phone and using email and using LinkedIn. Even if you're great at those, you know, the numbers are not great. But if you reached out to the same hundred people that you reached out in any of those other ways and you ask them to come on your show, about 80 or 90% of them are going to say yes. And uh, so you can use the podcast to create content, to build relationships. Now you got to do it in not a sleazy way where, 
you say, right. you know, Hey John, come on my show. And then, you know, I try to sell you something right after, which has actually happened to me before, <laughs> but you know, people are genuinely curious. And if you can solve a problem that they have and you're targeting the right people, they're naturally going to get into your pipeline through conversation before the show, after the show, or if you continue to follow up or engage with them, and there's a lot of things that we can get deeper into the weeds about that. But you know, most sales processes and sales motions are highly relationship driven. Um, and a podcast is a great tool to build new relationships. It's not going to solve all of your prospecting problems, but it, you know, if you have your, you know, dream 100 or your top hundred accounts, podcasts can help you get those. Yeah, no, that's excellent. So we talked about uh, podcast videos. You touched on email a little bit. How about the phone? Cold calling. Yeah, my personal favorite, right? Well, Even though I guess, like I guess they're all my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I love video. I love using LinkedIn. I love using the phone. I love using podcasting. Like a lot of people just really hate using the phone. I and mean, we've all heard, you know, cold calling is dead and it's harder to get people on the phone. And yeah, if you're not targeting the right people, you don't know what to say when they pick up and you're dealing with gatekeepers and phone trees and all of these things that are frustrating and prospecting via the phone is the first thing that you make an excuse not to do in your role. And so there's some things that you can do to make it a little bit easier. Number one, have good data, right? Um, right. There's tons of tools to get good data. We use a combination of AI tools, plus we have a company that processes that data for us because you know people are moving, they're in new roles. We're only calling direct dials. So we're only calling direct dials and cell phones. We're not calling main company lines or any of that. And then we use a tool called Monster Connect, which is a partner of ours and uh, it's a parallel assisted dialer. So what it allows us to do is basically do a whole day's worth of prospecting in one hour. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you plug into the system, there's about, you know, six to eight people making calls on your behalf, finding your decision makers. And then once they pick up live, then they, you know, basically live transfer them over to you. And, you know, the type of success that we've seen with using a tool like that with good data uh, is, you know, in 60 minutes, we can have 25 plus conversations and we can book two to three meetings. That's pretty darn good. Yeah. Not bad. Right. Yeah. It's really good. Especially since, um, it just seems like I've never seen much data on this, but it seems like as we've been through the pandemic, everybody's attention span has gotten shorter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> have, you, have you seen that? Ah, uh, yeah. We're all just so busy, right? Everybody's busy, busy, exactly. busy, busy, busy doing yep. nothing. <laughs> John, we're also busy. It's time for the wrap up. Damn it, Dave. It couldn't be. We've only been talking, it seems like for five minutes. So Colin, thank you so much for coming on the show. Let me just ask if you would end with a couple of big ideas from your standpoint on what you'd like people to remember what you could do to help them if they wanted that help. And then of course, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked a lot about building pipeline with these different channels. Right. And I think yep. the big takeaway is try them all, have your own experience going all in on one versus the other is, is not going to set you up for success. So leveraging all of the channels and having your own experience with each one and seeing how they complement each other is how you're going to have a successful prospecting motion to build pipeline. Best way to get in touch with me and how I can help is you can, whatever podcast platform you're listening to this episode on right now, you can search out sales transformation where we drop five episodes per week, highlighting elite sellers and their own transformation stories and sales to help fuel your next sales transformation.
All right, terrific. Thanks so much. And thank you both. That's all the time we have for today. For our listeners, be sure to subscribe to Asher Strategies Radio on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast venue. You can also ask Alexa or Siri to play Asher Strategies Radio. From now until we meet again, John Asher reminds us to please, please get out there and sell something. Over 200 correlation studies show that natural aptitude is the most significant factor in predicting sales success. Asher's Advanced Personality Questionnaire, the APQ, consistently identifies peak performers in outside sales, inside sales, sales management, customer support, and 17 other business positions. Go to asherstrategies.com today or call 866-833-9941. That's Asher Strategies at 866-833-9941.